if you want to crush your quota, you're in the right place. My first year in sales, I sold $758,000 on a $150,000 quota, and that was just the beginning. I'm your host, Mary Grothy. I'm a former number one B2B mid-market SaaS sales rep turned CEO. I've sold millions in revenue, broken multiple records, and now I run a company that rebuilds revenue engines and creates top sales performance. This isn't a show about achieving quota. This isn't about being okay in sales. This is about being number one and learning what it takes to crush your quota. Have any of you seen my recent posts I'm talking about that it's not 1985 anymore, that sales has evolved, marketing has evolved, and I feel like so many salespeople and executives, they're so stuck in the old way of doing things, and there's so much at our fingertips that we could be doing to help drive sales. Sales BQ ourselves, um, I know you guys know the story, we evolved like crazy to Now, instead of just building sales departments, we're focused on all facets of revenue generation. We made a shift about a year and a half into running our company to say, if we can't have a say in our client's marketing strategy, what are we doing just focusing on their sales? The sales team will always be held back if there isn't a marketing strategy, more specifically leveraging digital marketing to create inbound funnels. And there are so many components of digital marketing. Well, look, fast forward 18 more months and we are continuing this evolution. And this is the Quota Crusher podcast. I believe that in 2021, crushing quotas isn't just really hardworking salespeople hammering the phones all day long. We've evolved, leveraging digital marketing, aligning with our marketing department, sharing in a goal, being aligned, and really importantly, is leveraging social strategy and social media as a way for you to build your brand, your influence, create conversations, attract people into your funnel. I think it's completely underutilized. And I think in this day and age, the buyer is wanting to connect with you there. And it's hard to find people via phone. You don't know if they're in the office working from home, if they've got their work phone extension set up, if it's their cell phone or how they've transitioned or changed. Buyers are hard to reach, but you know what? When a buyer has a need, where do they go? They go online and they start in their awareness stage. They start searching. One, what is your company doing from a digital marketing standpoint to capture that buyer into the brand? and attract them to your brand in that awareness stage? And what are you as a salesperson? How are you leveraging your own brand and influence on social channels to create that conversation and intercept with them as well? I could talk about this, but look, I'm I'm not the expert. I'm the sales expert. I'm the former number one sales rep. I could talk about sales all day long. I have people on my team now that are experts in marketing. And I wanted to bring forth a digital marketing expert to you, to our precious audience here, somebody that I believe is going to help us all understand as part of this evolution, why we need to be more serious, not just about digital marketing in general, but about the social aspect to it. So we're talking about how to use social media to find new customers today. And we've brought on an expert in this field. Her name is Jean Ginsberg, and she's a number one best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, and digital marketing expert with more than 
12 years of industry expertise, helping companies scale revenue, which, you know, is like my favorite thing, optimize sales and marketing processes and improve productivity. She's the CEO and founder of JeanGinsburg.com, a digital marketing education company, and Ginball Digital Marketing, a digital marketing agency. Jean's clients range from branding Fortune 500 companies to innovative startups. Additionally, Jean has been featured in Inc.com, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and the Huffington Post. I have a feeling she knows a thing or two about digital. Welcome to the Quota Crusher podcast. Well, thank you for having me, for having me here. You know, I like to think I know a couple things about digital marketing. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who know more than, than me, but you know, a, a couple things. So thank you for having me on the show. Of course, that was a short snippet highlight bio. I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit more about you. Let's hear more to the story. Absolutely. Yeah, would love to share. So let's see, started digital in digital about 13 years ago. And yeah, I guess I'm kind of one of the OG people. <laughs> um, I guess I would say that the digital has probably been around for 20 years or so. So 13 years ago, you know, definitely a dating myself, but started off 13 years ago, uh, really liked digital marketing and worked for a few companies, got some experience. And then about eight years ago, decided, you know, hey, I think this is a good time for me to start my own thing. I've gotten some experience under my belt and started off as just a freelancer, I guess I would say. I had one client and decided, you know, probably not the best um, solution or strategy to have one client. So Mm-mm. I rolled it into a an agency and then since then have created the agency that uh, con- also consultancy as part of it, digital marketing consultancy, and then also rolled out an education company which is under my personal brand. And we help entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses with their digital marketing. So that's pretty much what we do for all uh, parts, the agency consultancy and education company. So I'm super excited to be here and talk about social because that's a, a big piece of what we do as part of our strategy for both our business and clients' businesses. Well, I know people want to learn more. And even if they don't want to, I'm telling them they need to learn more because I see so few brands that actually have (laughs) a good social strategy. I'm going to list a couple of things that I've witnessed, and then I want you to share all the bad strategies that you see out there or bad habits in social media. One thing that I see is that people have this mentality that it's a necessary evil and they use a post to just post a blog that they wrote. And that's you know, the strategy. Do we have anything to post? Make sure you post that blog to social media. Well, that's not enough. And I feel like you're leaving so much on the table. What are some of the common mistakes that you run into with social media? Well, first is just not having any sort of strategy or even posting at all. I see that all the time, whether that's your, as a person, your profile, let's say on LinkedIn, a lot of, a lot of people don't post on LinkedIn still. And I think that's definitely not a good habit. Um, And I think not having a strategy at all is one thing. And then something like you mentioned, which is just posting a blog. uh, That's very easy to do, but it's not very effective. Um, So I'd say, and then the other thing that I would say, number three is not being consistent with your social media. So often I see that happen all the time. I engage with a client, we come up with a strategy for social we post consistently and then, you know, things fall off. Like kind of like you mentioned, they think it's a necessary evil. So it's like, well, I have other priorities. And so social 
is probably going to take a back seat if I'm working on other projects. So not having a consistent strategy. Okay. Step number one, yeah, have a strategy too. Is it consistent? It, it, it should, oh my gosh, how many clients do you go to work with and they haven't even claimed their social channels? Like they're not even on the channel. Yeah, that happens. Um, I'd say most of them have claimed a social channel, but they just don't use it. They're just like, yep, crickets. Yeah, and that's not good. And I, I understand uh, there's when we talk about social strategy, not every brand needs to be on every social platform. But you need to pick a few where you know your audience is and have a very strong strategy on that. So it has to be mindful, number one. So talk to us about that early stage that one, how do we get the social media strategy set up for the brand? Let's talk through that and how they create a voice on that. And then I want to talk about how do you get the adoption internally and get people using this, especially from a business development standpoint? Absolutely. There's a lot of things to pieces to it. And I would say the first thing is identify your target market. That's really going to be the first step in creating a a strategy. Because you mentioned, you don't have to be necessarily at every single social media platform, although I would recommend that you are. But let's say in the for the sake of time and for the sake of energy and and resources from your company, you might not necessarily want to be on every single one. But figure out who your target market is. You know, are you B2B? Probably LinkedIn is your social media platform. Are you B2C? Maybe Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So pick those, the ones uh, where your where you think your audiences are hanging out, right? So that's one thing. And then the other one from an how do you get it adopted internally? Well. Uh, I want to share a little story. So a few months ago, I was on tea with Gary V, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he, we were talking about that specific topic. Like how do, why do brands push back so much on social media? And one of Gary's comments was now, especially now with the changes that we've seen with COVID is that social media sh- should be the cost of doing business. Like it should be like you have your books, right? You have a bookkeeper, you have your operations, you have your pencils and your clipboards or whatever you might need for your business. Maybe not me, but let's just say in general, that's that's the cost of doing business, right? You need all of those things. Social media should be and is now becoming the cost of doing business. So it's no longer something you can like push off until next year. And maybe three years from now, it's like, oh, I'll have a digital transformation, you know, when we're good and ready. It's like, this is the time to do it, especially because now we're even more on lockdown. Now, at the time of this recording in November, we have had more COVID cases. So people are more at home, more on their phones, more on their computers, and more on social media. So it has to be now the cost of doing business. So how do you get internal adoption? Well, that's how it should be. It should come from the leadership um, it shouldn't just be like a marketing manager who tries to push it. It has to come from the top, from the leadership to say, this is something that we need to be doing and engaging with our audiences on social media. Yeah, I love this point. I feel like, because I grew up selling payroll in HR. I mean, grew up, grew up professionally selling payroll in HR. And I know the HR role always struggled internally because HR fell onto the plate of like an office manager or an assistant or somebody who was willing to take on the people problems of the company. It was not a position people really wanted. They weren't enforcing having education or training or experience in the role. It's like, hey, this person is really good with people. They are now HR. (laughs) I feel like social media has been assigned the same way in organizations. It's a hot potato. 
it's like, well, who we have an executive assistant who has no experience in marketing or social, but they're young. And so they're probably, they probably like understand social channels. And why don't we have that be our social media person or Hey, uh, in marketing, you know, anybody have any bandwidth, can you go ahead and take this over and, and make sure you're amplifying on these channels or fill in the blank. Social media needs to have its own line on the PL. The importance of social media to an organization is more critical than it's ever been because social media is now proving to be the main communication platform. It's not phone and email for your brand. I'm talking about when your brand is out in the public eye and your opportunity to attract new people to your brand or retain people to your brand, create emotional connection with your brand. It's done through social channels and that's not a rookie that should be in that role. There are very experienced social media managers out there that are brilliant in the work that they're doing. And I know that a lot of business owners, if they've not paid for this full-time role before, they'll balk at it. Absolutely. Where where do you see the transition happen? So if you have a client that you're working with and they think you're nuts, like really, we're not putting, I'm not spending this money. How do you help someone understand an ROI or the importance of having that be a full-time dedicated person with experience? Right. Um, So in terms from an ROI perspective, um, I mean, with digital marketing and social media, everything is trackable now. So we have much better attribution. We have much better tracking. So, um, and, and social media is definitely a customer acquisition channel as part, you know, it could be as any other channel that is a customer acquisition channel that is part of it and it should be included in it. So there is an ROI for it because you can acquire customers through social media. It's no longer just like, hey, I'm going to post my blog and there's going to be crickets. The idea is to start conversations with your audiences on social media so that they turn eventually into paying customers down the line. So there is and, you know, there's a way to me- me- measure that ROI eventually. Yes. And it's so important. I, I've just been seeing through our challenging times in 2020 and, and what's happening as we transition into 2021, social media has been the fallback for how brains are communicating. We've had social injustice issues. We've had political challenges We've had division amongst people. We've had a pandemic and a virus. We have opposition in beliefs on many different topics. And you see that brands have been challenged and put in the hot seat to take a stance or position. And if they don't, they're being accused of one one thing or another. It's been a very challenging time to have a strong social presence. And the being able to navigate that as a brand, it really needs to fall in the hands of an expert. It's it's critical. But how about social for salespeople? When you have, even not just salespeople, how about anybody that works for the brand, the employees, using, talking about LinkedIn or other areas like Twitter, that they could have more of that professional stance and talking about their employer, the product, the service, and really being a brand ambassador for that. Have If you spend time working in, in that side of it, where we have internal people that are also brand ambassadors on social channels? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to get everybody on board. It's not just necessarily the brand itself, but who... The brand is also the people that work for the company, the leadership, the management. So it's the whole... It's a, it's everybody, right? And I do, and I have seen 
for example, employees of companies who are on LinkedIn that talk about their company, their brand, their products or services. So that is where I've seen that absolutely happen. So I, I would highly recommend that if let's say if you're a brand and you have employees that get everybody involved, you know, it's, it's a whole team effort. And I would say, you know, you mentioned earlier that you know, having that strategy of let's say posting a blog on social media and like calling it quits and saying, hey, that's social media. And that's definitely not the way to go about it. And I'm going to provide one tip on, on where I've seen the best results when it comes to social media. So people like to hear stories. People like to hear, you know, hero and um, challenging stories. They love to hear stories about brands and, and people and experiences. So that is where I've seen the most results. And I can even share it with my, my own experience, uh, my clients' experiences that like, if we post something that's just like bland, let's say a blog post or you know, an image or something like that, and there's no story behind it, it's usually falls flat. You know, you might get a couple of likes, but that's about it. The best results I've seen are the stories. You share about your experience. You share about your brand. You share about a story about it. You share what you have done, a challenge you've had, something you've overcome. This is where people love to hear that. They want to know what's going on with you. And they want to, like, they want to see the genuine stories, not just like, oh, we have a blog and it's about, you know, the 10 top, I don't know, social media channels that you would want to use. It's like, yeah, it's a good, it's, you know, it's a good blog post, I'm sure, but it's not going to hit where you want, you know, that experience, that experience share in the stories. That's where I've seen the best results. People relate with stories. We're all human beings and we're emotional creatures. And just reading a data dump of facts and figures is one thing. If we're looking to self-educate, then that could be a great piece. But if we're from a marketer's perspective, we've spent all this time writing a fantastic piece of content, like a 10 steps blog, as you're referencing. If we want to get people encouraged and excited to engage in that content, a story must accompany it when we're posting about it. One strategy that I love is when each individual poster, so let's say in a company, you've got a small company, 20 employees, you've got a marketing department, they're posting great content. One thing I've seen happen is that they put drop it in the Slack channel and then every employee who feels so inclined takes the link, posts it in their social, they let the auto preview populate and they'll even say something as lame as check out this new article <laughs> <laughs> and they hit the post button. It's like, don't even go through the effort. Yeah. The chances that that's going to be optimized in the newsfeed, that you'll get any engagement out of it, it's so slim. So don't even bother going through that effort. It's, it's, it's near pointless. But I think what you're saying is if that person who posted it took the time to read the article and come up with their own perception of its value to them and the perceived value that, that they believe their audience has of a piece like that, and they help connect the dots in a story. So the body of the post turns into a story that the audience reads it and goes, oh my gosh, that's me. That's my life. That's exactly what I'm experiencing right now. And then the, the next logical action or step to take is clicking the link to read the article. Something I've found to be really beneficial as well, and I want your opinion on this, is I, I noticed that on a lot of posts where you let the preview to the URL populate it has lower traction and optimization in the newsfeed. What I've found is if you post an organic photo or video instead, 
and then drop the link either in the body of the post or in the comments, then that post gets a lot more traction. So regardless, you need to be telling stories. Your audience wants to connect with you emotionally. They are not ready to read your next scholarly article of facts and figures that you're dropping them in or a very small amount will be. But we are emotional creatures. So we want to identify with other emotional creatures that are sharing in the same things that we're feeling and experiencing. So you have to tell the story in order to get the connection to make that happen. I am curious, have you seen any difference with social and the optimization if you're dropping the link in a separate spot versus letting it post a preview? Um, In terms of post a preview, like a blog post or... When you pop the URL into a social post, it has a box that pops up and is the preview of the URL. And so I've noticed if you X out of that and don't let it populate, my posts do better. But I don't know if that's just me and my algorithm and newsfeed or if you've seen that as a strategy with any other clients. Um, I can't say I have really seen a big difference, although I can't say that I do. Honestly, I do not post a lot of links. Um, Typically, if I do post a link, um, I usually post it in the comments. And so I would I would write like a text uh, story or something like that. And then at the bottom, I might say, you know, for more information, check out the link below in the in the first comments that I would uh, add that into the comments. So I and that's something that I've heard. Uh, I don't again, don't use that very often from a actually adding a URL in it in general. But from what I heard is that it's better to do that to put it in the first comment versus to add it into the adding a link to the actual post. I guess it works better for the algorithm. I think it does. I think it does just based on some of what I have seen. Um, Let me ask you about people within the organization growing their own brand and influence on a social channel. What are the risks and, and benefits of that? Because the company can control the company page and they can control what's being posted out, said, shared, the engagement, the social listening, the response. But when you're asking employees or team members to go ahead and take a stance and be a representative of this brand and post you. What have you seen as a risk or benefit of that? Well, I would say in terms, I mean, I think it's a benefit for employees to get involved, to take a stance, to be, I mean, they are part of the brand, right? They work for the brand. So I think it's important for employees to do that. I don't know if there's really a downside to it. I mean, if you work for an organization, you should stand for the organization's values and for its for whatever it believes in right so but if you feel like the organization is not doing what it's supposed to be or it does not align with your values then it might not be a good fit for you to be working there but i think employees should be taking a stand and talking about the issues whatever is going on with the brand yeah, I, I definitely vote for that too. I mean, I think as long as you have somebody monitoring <laughs> what they're writing and how they're representing the brand or even coming up with some standards around that and have everybody run through just a group meeting to understand like how to speak about the brand, represent the brand, when it makes it more sense to keep personal opinions to themselves and just at least having some bumpers or boundaries, I think is a, a really good safeguard. But Yeah, I'm a fan of it too. I think the benefits outweigh the risk as long as you have some education and alignment with your team on what's to be posted when and where. But I do believe that that helps with the social amplification and creating more conversations on that. 
Well, I have and one last question for you. What have we not talked about today that you think needs to be said about leveraging a social strategy to drive new customers? Well, we kind of touched upon it a little bit, but I think my key point always has been consistency. And it's not anything sexy. It's not anything revolutionary, but it is something that is critical. And that's where I see the biggest downfall of brands, personal brands, company brands, whatever it might be when it comes to social media is just not being consistent. So that's where you're going to see the most results. And I think one of the things that I hear very often is complaints about brands or whatever that's a company or personal brand. It's like, oh, I've been posting, but I'm not seeing any results. Well, the idea is that you have to post consistently and it might take you several months, maybe a year before you start seeing results. But in order to get to that point, you have to still consistently post on a regular basis, whether that's once a week, once a day, five times a day, whatever it might be. And you'll start seeing the results, but it's just going to take time. Patience has is something that we all need to abide by. And you'll start seeing results if you have the patience. But if brands just say, oh, I've been posting consistently for a week and now I'm not seeing anything. So I'm going to just let this whole social media thing you know, fall by the wayside. I see that happen all the time. So continuously posting is where I think is the biggest, where you're going to start seeing the biggest results. I think that is such a strong way to wrap this up because you can't become discouraged. Like it looks super weird if you post for a while and then stop posting. (laughs) People start to wonder what's happened to you. And even if you're in recruiting and hiring talent or a new customer is vetting you or whatever, fill in the blank. And somebody goes to that social handle, they're like, what happened three months ago when they stopped (laughs) posting anything? Like, is the company still in business? Like, did something happen to their social media person quit? Like, it doesn't look good. Consistency is key. And also, you need to give your audience an idea of who you are, what you stand for, the type of voice that you have. Sometimes it takes time for them to learn that and learn how to engage and interact with you. So if you stop or you're inconsistent, it's not doing you any favors. And I know that the different social channels want to see your consistency and they want to see that so that they can say, okay, this is good content. It's consistent content. It's predictable, reliable, and that will be optimized and more people's newsfeed. So I think that that is a very strong technique that people need to understand is consistency is key. So on that note, we're going to wind down here and I would love for you to let us know how people can connect with you or where we can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. If you just Google Gene Ginsburg, you'll find all of my social media and I'm mostly active. I'd say I'm most active, not mostly, but I'm most active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, you can just go to LinkedIn and Google and put in my name, Gene Ginsburg, and I'd love to connect with you. Wonderful. Well, we will link to you as well in the write-up for this podcast. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you. It's been a wonderful experience. It's been a pleasure. And I hope that I given you a lot of information, your audience has a lot of information about social media and digital marketing. And don't remember, don't forget to post consistently. That is the first key. <laughs> exactly. Do not drop off. People will think something happened to you. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Quota Crusher podcast. Did you like it? Be sure to give us a rating and share it with your friends. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Lastly, if your company needs a boost in revenue, like real revenue growth, 
send me a message and we'll discuss how our team builds revenue engines for our clients, covering all facets like marketing, sales, rev ops, and customer success. Until next time.